0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hey, Bears fans, and welcome to the triumphant return of the Bears Link podcast. After a two week hiatus with some personal things, we are back to talk some Bears versus Vikings. And this is the biggest game that the Bears have played in quite some time, as I'm sure everybody is well aware. Sunday night football, divisional game for first place. Let's get it going. five of the Bears link podcast. And as I mentioned, this is previewing the the Bears Vikings upcoming game. Um, You know, it's it's a big one. This is a huge game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, As always, I got uh, my brother Kevin with me. Say hello, little brother. Yo, yo. So yeah, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, You know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch real quick on the On the Lions win. Um, in case you haven't heard, Mitch Trubisky won the FedEx uh air player of the week. So that's the second time this season he's won that. So all the Mitch haters out there can just piss right off because I'm sorry, but you know, a quarterback who throws nothing but screen passes and uh and stinks doesn't win that award twice in one season. Um, you know, and really in uh within the last six weeks so that's pretty impressive um that was in my opinion mitch's best game of his career Uh, you saw he was just on target on point from the beginning of the game had some really really fantastic throws in that game uh you know he, he he had some open receivers you know granted but some of those throws like like the the two to Alan Robinson and the one to Ben Bronick were just those were big boy throws. Those were as good as you're gonna see an NFL quarterback make. So um, I thought he played great. Defense looked really good again. Lions um, got a couple of a cheapy touchdowns there. You know, there's the one on the uh, on the fumble that that Amukamara caused and and Matt Nagy couldn't get the the red flag out of his out of his pocket fast enough. Um, you know, there was another one after the onside kick where if uh, Anthony Miller hadn't batted the ball forward, he wouldn't have got the penalty that ended up being offsetting. Um, you know, So you had, a, you had a couple of weird things going on in that game. Um, otherwise, that was the blowout that it, that it appeared to be if you were watching the game from start to finish. So thoughts on the Lions game?
2: Well, I think you glossed over the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award as well. For, for Mitch, <clears throat> so multiple accolades, but the Lions game was, was a, it was a dominating performance, I wish that they did not let up a couple of those, you know, weird kind of scores at the end, because it, 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 the score did not look as bad, you know, as that game, they, I mean, they just completely dominated them, so it was pretty awesome, and I, I do want to, I think it's worth just talking about I was listening, going into that game, some Lions, you know, podcast, and I just wanted to see, like, what how they view the Bears. And it was, everything they said was just so dumb. I mean, it was, like, <laughs> they, they said that when they were talking about Trubisky, they were saying, you know, Trubisky's pretty much garbage and that the, the Bears are winning in spite of him. All he does is throw you know, short passes, which is why his completion percentage is as high as it is, and that, you know, But oh, be careful of Jordan Howard's beast, which he has been in the past, but not this year at all, so you can just tell that these guys didn't really know what they were talking about. So I really love the way the game played out because Trubisky dominated in the running game. I'm not happy that they didn't do anything, but they literally did nothing. I mean, Jordan Howard had like 21 yards, I think, on 12 carries, like under two yards a carry, so that literally everything they said was absolutely wrong, and they got their ass kicked, and I love kicking Detroit's ass and any of the division opponents, really, so it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think I think the Lions fan base has become the most insufferable. I mean, obviously, the Packers fans are, you know, what they are, but... Uh, Lions fans, I I don't know where they they got this sense of entitlement or whatever that they have. This whole hashtag we own the Bears stuff, and you know I, I get it. They've won nine of the last ten games, well until until this past Sunday. But um, you know historically, the Bears have just completely dominated the Lions over the years, and. I mean let's not forget the the Rod Marinelli 0 sixteen Lions team here. So I you know, I, I thought it was it was it was nice to put the the Lions, you know, and their organization back in their place, um, you know, at the bottom of the division. And and honestly I, I'd be disappointed if they didn't come out on Thanksgiving and, and do the same. But that, that's jumping ahead. So let's you know, let's let's get on to the uh the Vikings game here and um and talk a little bit about that. Um so the Bears are are quite healthy. Um, Very healthy. I, I think. In
2: fact, with Dion Sims being like the only guy in the injury like report, I think they're like even healthier somehow that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. So Dion Sims is, is still battling the concussion, and Javon Wims entered the uh, uh, injury report this week with a, with a knee. Uh, he hasn't really been active anyway, so that's not really something I'm concerned about. Um, But speaking of tight ends, it would appear, reading some tea leaves, that Adam Shaheen is going to play this week. Now, the Bears don't actually have to announce Adam Shaheen and putting him back on the roster until Saturday at 3 p.m. So there's a little gamesmanship going on here. You know, I think that If the Vikings aren't preparing for at least a few snaps of Adam Shaheen, then they deserve whatever they get. But I like the fact that Matt Nagy is just holding this information out, saying day-to-day, yada, yada, yada. Um, And they don't have to let anybody know anything until Saturday at 3. So uh, by that point, the Vikings should have completed their walkthrough in Chicago. So that might be the situation where they have absolutely zero time to alter any kind of game plan to account for Adam Shaheen. So I, I like that. What's going on there. Um, what, so, what
2: would you expect from Adam Shaheen? Like I, I personally don't think he's going to like play like that. Like he, I mean he might play a lot, but I don't think he's going to have a big necessarily like a lot of balls thrown his way. But what, what do you, what do you think?
1: I, I don't think he's going to play a ton, especially with the short turnaround. I think, I think you might be better served saving some Shaheen for the the Thanksgiving matchup because the Lions you just play the Lions and that's a huge difference in your game plan and what you're what you can do offensively. You basically have you know two pass catching tight ends that you can put on the field then, and that's something that they are not gonna be able to prepare for there's just no there's really no time to practice when you're talking about a Thursday game after a Sunday game so I expect probably somewhere between 10 and 15 snaps it's not going to be a lot I think he's mostly going to be used as a decoy and when they're in the red zone I think you know my bold prediction for Adam Shaheen is that he's going to have one catch for one yard and one touchdown Ooh. That's
2: a big ROI. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: that's that's kind of just what I'm what I'm expecting. I think they're gonna lull the Vikings to sleep earlier in the game, bring him in here and there, maybe leave him into block a few times, get get a chip on uh, uh, Daniel Hunter, um, that sort of thing. But I I do think that he's going to be used as a, as a decoy more. Um, if the Vikings do see him on the field, I think it would be wise for Mitch to look at him early in his progression, come off of him to somebody else, and to keep showing that, that look early in the game so that later on you can set something up to where they kind of fall asleep on him and say, oh, well, he's not really all that healthy. He's just being used as a decoy. Matt Nagy likes to play those kind of chess matches with, with his opponents. So I think that that's something that we could see in this game with Adam Shaheen.
2: I have, I, I have a different bullet prediction for Adam Shaheen. I don't think he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way, but I could see him, I could just, vis- I'm seeing it in my mind. Like he's running down the seam and he catches the ball and he's got like a 57-yard gain and it's going to be awesome. Like I just like I think they will sleep on him. They don't know we don't know what he's gonna do. The last year, I think he's got a lot of potential. And last year he was just in the uh, just a really bad offense. They just didn't use him at all, much like they didn't use Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. I mean, but when he did get the ball thrown his way, he caught the ball. I think he had like three touchdowns or something. Um, so he he showed that he's he's capable of you know catching the ball when he throws to you, and he's got a lot of like really nice skills I mean he's a big guy could really run I mean he could he could be a beast so I could see some sort of you know seam route going a long way for him
1: yeah I, I, I could definitely see that I, I think that they're gonna try to limit what kind of hits and stuff that he takes um, that's the only reason why I I predicted what I did as far as you know just looking at a you know kind of a play action RPO deal. From the one-yard line, you, you have a the look of, of a running back dive kind of deal and pull the ball out and pop it to Adam Shaheen for, for the one-yard score. Um, that being said, let's let's take a step back on, on Shaheen for one second because there's a lot of people that, that probably forgot, um, not necessarily what he did last season, but what he looked like in training camp and in the preseason this year. Um, it was, it was obvious to me that he had shed a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to say weight because he's still a large dude, but I'm going to say he shed a little bit of fat and kind of re- redistributed his, his, um, you know, body weight as far as putting on more muscle. He looked trimmer. Um, he looked quicker. He looked faster and he just looked smoother as an athlete so he really worked on some things in the offseason we saw that a little bit in in preseason as well he only had three catches but you saw the way that he was moving out there was just completely different than when he was a rookie so what I while he might not have you know huge numbers from here on out the rest of the season I do think he's going to play a critical role down this stretch of games which is going to be tough so If we get Adam Shaheen for the the last seven games instead of Deion Sims, that adds a whole nother layer to this this offense that we haven't seen yet. And Deion Sims has been open. He's been the forgotten man just time and time again. And Mitch just simply doesn't trust him, doesn't even look his way. I've actually seen him look at at Deion Sims where he was wide open and come off of him and go someplace else. And... That's not going to happen with Adam Shaheen. They're good friends. They were roommates, you know, the their rookie years. I, I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see that connection happen and happen quickly. The same kind of connection that you saw that's taken, you know, the last five weeks or so with, with Anthony Miller to finally come to fruition last week. I think you're going to see that come really fast with Adam Shaheen. Within you know the first three games or so, you're going to start to see that connection with Mitch, and I, it's it's going to be huge because to have that extra option on the field and being able to run the two tight end stuff that you know that that Matt Nagy wants to run, whoo boy! I mean that's that's going to be fun because you think that this offense looks good now and is hard to stop now. Just wait till you have a legitimate second tight end on the field.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean if they if if that is the if this is the last time we ever saw Deion Sims, and then Adam Shaheen's the guy, that's such a huge. If he's as good as I think he is, that is such a big uh, upgrade right there. And I was actually, you know, you you know, if you're listening and you're like, well, we don't really, th- you know, throw to anyone but Trey Burton. You know, Ben Broniker had like probably the only notable play for a tight end, you know, outside of Trey Burton last week. I did watch uh, the. The tape from Week One, and I'll you know tell you why probably a little bit later, but I I saw that Trubisky I think threw him three times mm-hmm. in that game, and I was baffled. I mean it's so long ago I couldn't re- I don't remember that you know, and I was like wow he was really targeting him, um, and I think he only has four targets for the whole year, so he his trust level just went completely down the tubes very early on. I can't even remember the last time Deion Sims got a ball thrown his way.
1: Yeah, it was – so, if I remember correctly, and you probably watched the Green Bay game more recently than I have, but there was a a deep pass that he had a linebacker beat down the left sideline that went right through his his hands, hit him in the bread basket, incomplete. Sounds about right. And it would have been a huge play. I think it was either on a third down – it was an important play in the game. Um, That I do remember. There was another play on a third down – where Matt Nagy ended up going for the, the fourth and four, and I don't think Deion Sims would have picked up the first, but he, he tried to juke uh, Blake Martinez in the open field and, and didn't do it. Ended up not getting um, any any extra yardage on the play, and all he had to do was just go forward, and it would have been a fourth and one instead of a fourth and yep, four.
2: You, you are right. I did I did <clears throat> see that play. All he had to do was Ugh. turn up field. Deion he had Sims is just—he's so
1: bad, and and I want to say that the, the last time that he was targeted, I think was either Arizona, maybe there, there was, Tampa Bay. It was somewhere in the middle of the of the of the season at this point, but it was it was he dropped it. I, I know he dropped it because I remember <laughs> thinking. You just can't throw the ball to Neon Sims ever again. He's just
2: terrible. I think I think I know what the player you're talking about because I remember the it was the last time I recall him getting targeted. It was a pretty short pass, I believe, and like it, he dropped it, and it looked like a guy that had never caught anything in his life. Like his hands yeah. were all like, he, like,
1: like how Jordan Howard used to look yeah, trying to catch. Pretty the
2: ball. much, I mean, he, they were like completely wrong. It was like if you, I, I, didn't even understand how you could just like grow up your whole life being an adult and, like, not know how to, like, you're in the NFL in a, I guess, you know, a position where you are you should be able to catch, and, like, it looked like he had never caught a ball before. It was startling. And then, you know, the most recent, you know, contribution he made was injuring Kyle Long. Can't blame him for that, but I'm going to blame him because I hate him. And I don't, for as good as, like, Ryan Pace has, he's done such a good job building this roster. I don't understand how he, like, saw this guy, and paid him what he's paying him right now and even like kept him on the team like after the first year like he's so bad I don't I don't that's the one that's probably like the maybe the worst mistake he's made and it's not a bad worst mistake but it's it's he's so bad
1: yeah I I think part of the reason why the running game has struggled so much too, is because of Deion Sims, and, and I don't want to make this the
2: let's just pile on him, is... the, the dump on the
1: dump on Deion Sims episode he's gonna here. Be very sad, but uh, he's missed so many blocks. I mean, in the the passing passing game and the running game, he's just he's missed a ton of blocks. Um, he's obviously not contributing anything to the you know as a receiving threat. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm not. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cry over, uh, you know, spilled wet, uh, tight ends. So, I think, um, I think moving on here, um, I, I do expect Adam Shaheen to play. So look for that news to to come on Saturday. Again, the deadline is at three p.m. So I would, I would imagine it's going to be sometime close to that, that deadline. Yeah. So whatever, they're going to screw with the the Vikings here is, is my uh, is my prediction. So. As far as uh, the Vikings game, I know you got some mm-hmm. some uh, you know history here to, mm-hmm. to kind of go over. So why don't you why don't you kick us off there, and we'll we'll get moving to the nitty gritty.
2: Bears, Vikings, Vikings lead the all time series 60, 52 and two, and uh, it's and it's not been good recently as you would imagine because the Bears have not been good recently in the division. But I will harken back to the last victory, which I believe was also the last victory the Bears had in the division before last week, which was on a spooky Halloween uh, in 2016. And just the notable, I believe it was 20 to 10, the victory at Soldier Field. And uh, Jordan Howard was the big man that day. And he did something that I'm sure all Bears fans would love to see. He rushed for 153 yards. One touchdown and had a 69-yard run in that game, which is pretty incredible. I can't remember him ever running that far on one particular run, but I guess it happened.
1: Yeah, I, I, I remember that play. Um, Jordan Howard's had a number of those 50-plus yard runs that, uh, you know, he, he always gets caught from behind because he hasn't scored on any of them. But
2: He did not score on that one either. No, he true. did not.
1: I, I, I remember that one. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, – it, the, the Bears always play the Vikings tough at home. So even when the Vikings have been good and the Bears have not been particularly great, they seem to play very well at Soldier Field. So um, – that's one of the things that I think is is the is going to be a key to this game. Another thing to consider is the Vikings are a dome team. They don't play outdoors. They might be in Minnesota, but they don't practice outside. They're not used to this kind of weather. It's going to be. They're calling for thirty-five degrees right now. Um, that let's face it. That's that's cold. And and you get out there, and for anybody who's played football, you know, in this area, and you get to hitting and. At that temperature, it hurts. Um, don't let anybody fool you and think, "Oh, you're you're numb." <laughs> it hurts. Uh, it hurts a lot more when it's cold like that. So um, that's that's a distinct advantage for the Bears, I think. Um, you know, they're coming off of a, a, a game last week where it was cold. They practiced all week again. It's going to be cold. So that's something to to, to look out for. Um, you know, and, and actually, now that I'm I'm thinking back on it. Uh, I, I saw something today where I think the last time that the the Vikings played a game under forty degrees was when did um was it last year or two years ago when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone?
2: Mm, was whenever that, was that whenever Shane whenever McClellan? That was. was that the Shane of No, no, no,
1: no. It was um. It was since it was when John Fox was was the coach, so it was when um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brett Hundley was the quarterback. So was that last didn't, year?
2: Didn't Shane McClellan break his collarbone?
1: Yeah, but he's broken it twice. Oh, it was
2: the second time. Did we do that too? We did not do that. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> uh, it is too bad. I but, don't know.
1: But yeah, I think it might have been last year, um, and it was a Brett Hundley game, and the Vikings, you know, barely won the game. It it was wasn't you know it was close and it was against Brett Hundley, and it was cold, and they did not play particularly well. Um, now, obviously, that may have been a situation where they, they changed their game plan for Brett Hundley, but um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that the Dome teams don't particularly like the cold. Uh, that's going to be an advantage when the Rams come to town as well. It is going to be cold. Make no mistake about it. I do not think that that Rams team is going to be prepared for – 20s or 30s, you know, temperatures when they come to Soldier Field, so oh, this is where... it's been flexed, too. So and we're going... Yeah, it's going to be a night
2: game. Yeah, yeah. They're flexing everything. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like it. I mean, I kind of like it, but I don't like it. I like it that they're they're giving the, like, looking at the Bears, like, oh, this team's legit, you know, like, let's put them on the, the big stage, but I just love my games at noon. Like, it was looking so good, like, up until a few weeks ago. Once we got through that first stretch, they had, like, Eight, nine games in a row, they were at noon, and now they just messed it all up for me.
1: I know. I, I, I was a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, of noon games. Um, as my friend Chris would always say, uh, Link likes his Bears at noon, and that is that is true. Um, however, the Rams game on December 9th that was flexed actually does me a huge solid because I just found out today that I am going to have to be... Running around to Evanston and back um, in the morning, so probably was going to miss that game at least live if it had seen it. Who's doing this stuff to you? Um, Victoria. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, I won't say anything. Yeah.
1: So (laughs) it it is. It is what it is. It's a a work. No, it's a doctor. So okay. Yeah. So you 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 take you take the uh, you know doctor's appointments when you can get them, and you know it is what it is. So, um, but yeah. So. This game is interesting because I think it boils down to really two things. You protect Mitch and you get to Kirk Cousins. I know that you could say that about just about any game in the NFL, but I think it's especially important in this game because the Vikings want to play zone coverage. That's what they like to do. If they can't get home with four guys, their secondary is not very good. They are going to get roasted. So it's imperative that the Bears are able to keep Mitch clean in the pocket like they did last week. That said, I think that that Matt Nagy found something last week in the no-huddle offense that wasn't necessarily a hurry-up offense because they were still taking plenty of time before the snap, but it looked very similar to a college-style offense. And I think that you're seeing some of the fingerprints that Mark Helfrich is putting on this offense with with that look they showed against Detroit. And personally, I think it's a mistake if they don't do that for the rest of the season because I think that that allows them to play at their best and allows Mitch to make the best decisions that he can make pre-snap. So the other thing is Kirk Cousins is not particularly great at dealing with pressure. It's kind of a statue back there. The Vikings offensive line, not particularly great. So I think it's it, it's a situation where if the Bears can get to him and you play man coverage, you blitz a little bit more than you have in the past, you take your chances, you're going to give up some big plays that way, I'm sure, but you have to come after, come after Cousins because if you don't, He's gonna kill you if you let him sit back there and just pick you apart. It's gonna be a long day for the secondary because that Vikings, you know, receiving duo is they are for real.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I kind of like this matchup though because I I think that where the Bears struggle is the short game, the quick game. I think we've seen that with the Patriots and with the Dolphins. And, you know, I, was, you know, I don't want to, once again, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but every time I watch the Saints play, I'm like, damn, if we meet that team in the playoffs, I think they're going to kill us. But <laughs> I do like the matchup where you have a vertical offense, you know, in terms of your passing game. You got two, you know, outside wide receivers. That's why I like the Lions matchup so much, because it's kind of similar. You know, they, they have two big, you know, wide receivers on the outside. Play is going to need, need to develop. And that's gonna allow the pass rush hopefully to get there and create some havoc and get the sacks, get the hits on cousins, you know, force the the interceptions um, that we've been seeing really all season. So I like it. I mean, and I think you are right. We're gonna see some some plays to Adam Thielen where we're just gonna be like, Man, how is no one even how is he that wide open? I, I just can already visualize it. But I think overall the Bears are just gonna get home enough. To really rattle Cousins' cage, he's gonna snowball. He's proven he'll snowball, um, so that that's the key. And like you're right, like you can say it every game. The pass rush, um, you know, is the key. But it's true. If you have pass rush, just relentlessly, you're gonna win. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think it's especially true in this game. The thing that I I, I want to not see. Is you know in the middle of the season there you had two of the most awful. I mean, I, I I can't even I can't even come up with the right word to describe how bad the game plan was against the Dolphins and the Patriots. But if Vic Fangio comes with that same game plan against Kirk Cousins, I am going to just.
2: What's the difference in the game plans?
1: So he basically dropped Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack virtually 50% of the time and conceded rushing the passer to to put an extra guy or two in coverage. So, So there were times where he was dropping nine into coverage. And I don't care. If you give a quarterback all day to throw, I don't care if you have nine guys trying to to cover three or four. They're going to get you. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. You have to have some sort of pass rush. That's the only way you know, you know that you're going to get a quarterback off of his rhythm. And that's the last thing in the world that I want to see. So as long as Vic Fangio has settled into – this kind of game plan that he's had Jets, Bills, Lions, right? That's the game plan I want to see. He rushed four and occasionally brought the fifth. You know, he's really doing a great job of getting uh, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, uh, Bryce Callahan, and Sherrick McManus blitzing at key moments in the game. And they're getting home when they do. They may not always get the sack, but they're... They're affecting the play. And so I, I think that it's imperative that he keeps doing that in this this game and, and not fall back into that we need to cover people trap that he fell into there for, for a couple of games. And, and really, it just – I mean, I, I put those losses as much on Vic Fangio as I do on anything else. So um, – Moving forward here to key matchup of the game.
2: We didn't we didn't talk about the Bears' offense.
1: Oh yeah, we did we not talk, talk
2: about, about the Bears', Bears offense. offense. So what do you what do you see? Well, I just I just want to say I alluded to it earlier, and uh, I just want to talk about it because was, it was just really it was just really cool. Um, I saw Aaron Lemming tweeted out, you know, this I'm gonna post you know week one every Trubisky run and throw, and then week ten. And uh, just you know, look at the difference. And so I watched Week One, and you know, it wasn't that bad or anything. It was all right. And I watched the the Lions game again, and I mean, it was striking. Oh yeah. I, mean, I could I could see why the national narrative, you know, because you know, a lot's been said like that. They drew those conclusions when the Bears were on prime time a couple times in the first three weeks or whatever. Yeah, or first two weeks actually. Two weeks, yeah. And so I could see why everyone thinks that Trubisky's garb. Um but you know, the people like the Bears fans that have been watching every game, I would assume that most of them would think he's he's come quite a long way. You would assume I, that. I didn't yeah, I'm sure there's still some some uh you some know, dissenters out there. Yeah, the center, thank you. I was looking for that. So I was looking at this this film though of the Lions game and I was damn like he was so good and, and like when I was just watching the, the Green Bay game, I think, like, the biggest difference was, like, he was just very, like, like he was just very, like, nervous-looking, it seemed. Like, he was kind of running around all over the place, just very twitchy kind of. Yeah. And and it, I, I didn't even realize that when it was happening until I compared the two right after each other. So it was, it, it's amazing that someone could grow that much in that short of a time.
1: Yeah, no. I agree. I know. I noticed the same thing. I mean, it was very much going to the first read, um, and if it wasn't there, it was kind of throwing the ball away or, or, or running right away. Um, the other thing that I noticed, and I don't, I don't know if, if you picked this picked up on this, and and I did see that with Aaron, and I I did uh, respond to him, and I haven't I haven't talked to him about it um, um, since. But I, I'm I'm going to now that I'm now that you brought that up, and I'm thinking about it. Is I did notice that he seemed to throw. St- sidearm three quarters an awful lot in that game and it was like he was trying to work on that type of throwing motion and if you watch the that's, Lions, that's game, the
2: stafford that's the yeah stafford. <laughs> and now he's he's over
1: the top again which is where he was in college and and as a rookie so i thought that that was interesting too that uh, that was one of the things i picked up on when i watched that comparison because i was like wow this is um this is really weird watching him try to throw, and he just kind of flung everything from a three quarter angle, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like yeah. I, I don't remember that happening when I watched it live, but it's now like, you're looking back at the
2: comparison, you're like, "It's wow, like it's like a, you know, like a person, like a friend or a coworker that you see every day that's like kind of fat, and then like over like a six month period they lose like fifty pounds." You don't mm-hmm. really notice it because you see him every day.
1: Until one day, you just look at him and you're like,
2: oh, you should, did you just lose a bunch of weight? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what Trubisky is. He's like a fat person that became skinny. So, anyway, um, yeah, he just stood really tall, though. Uh, that's, that's another thing I noticed is he was just very, like, confident looking. I don't know. It was just, like, hard to describe. Yeah, but he looks
1: like a foot taller in, in, you
2: know, one game versus the other. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, circling back to the Vikings game, um, that's kind of the same old story for me. I mean, I the the Bears passing offense, I expect to have a good outing though this is a, a pretty good test. uh this' will probably be the probably, maybe not the best defense he's faced, but you know, most reputable, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I kind of given up on the Bears running game. As sad as it is to say, I can't. Like, what kind of world are we living in right now? Like, everything's turned on its head. I'm not mad about it, but the Bears. I'm not worried about the Bears' passing game, and I. I think the Bears' running game has died. I know. I still think they'll get yards, and they have all year, but it's not the traditional running game. It's like Jordan Howard. Like, clearly to me is like, I don't think he's going
0: to be here next year.
1: I don't. I don't think he's going to be either. Honestly. I'm I'm half surprised that he was even here this year, because it certainly seemed like there was a lot of smoke to that, uh, you know, trading him to to uh, Miami for um, how oh, what's his name? I can't even think of it.
2: Wide oh, receiver. That was a wide receiver.
1: Yeah, he got traded to uh, to Cleveland. Hmm. For 80 Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter.
2: Was it um, Devontae Parker?
1: No. 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 It was um.
2: Kenny, Kenny stills no
1: the other one
2: <laughs> Kenny Britt <laughs> <laughs> whatever it doesn't
1: matter um but there was some smoke to that uh to that tree oh Jarvis Landry Jarvis Landry yeah Ah,
2: oh, damn I wish I wish we could have can we have that one back now like not not looking back at how that's played out I'd like to have a, I don't think we need Jarvis Landry but
1: well but would you rather have Jarvis Landry than than Alan Robinson
2: no, because Jarvis because you Landry's weren't you weren't getting bold. Kind of a douche, you know. Yeah, so.
1: and I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's all that. But whatever, that's that's a totally different conversation. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I'd be surprised if the Bears don't draft a running back, um, or at least look at look at some other options in you know undrafted free agency, you know, see what pops up there. So that's gonna be something that comes up. So uh, key matchup of the game. What do you got?
2: You know, I think it's it's just those those big wide receivers on the outside for the Vikings. Like if, we'll forget
1: that Adam Thielen plays in the slot most of the time. Does he? Yeah.
2: Well so I, I think see. it's
1: Thielen versus Callahan is that matchup if you're but, looking for the wide receiver defensive back matchup.
2: Well, I mean either way. I, I like our chances. I mean, I, I still expect these guys to get theirs. It's it's the modern-day NFL. They're going to put up, you know, numbers. But I think that overall, the Bears' pass rush is just going to be, I think it's just going to be overwhelming. I think they're going to come into this one. It's in Soldier Field. It's a night game. This is, like, this is the biggest game the Bears have played in quite some time. Um, so that's just going to be a lot of energy, man. And I just I I could just see this being a bloodbath, you know, not necessarily you know just crush the Vikings, but I could see the Kirk Cousins like a Kirk Cousins bloodbath, like where he's just getting battered back there. And if you can get him making mistakes early, that's my key matchup. I'm changing now on the fly. The key matchup is get Kirk Cousins to snowball, make him <laughs> make him oh ma- <laughs> make him make a mistake early in the game and keep snowballing him, where he's just freaking out. And, you know, he'll give you the ball. So, What's your score prediction? Score prediction, I'm going to go 28-17, Bears.
1: Like it. I like it. I'll get you a quick uh, quick key matchup here. It's going to be Daniil Hunter versus Charles Leno Jr. That is going to be the key for this offense. If Charles Leno Jr. can block Daniel Hunter one-on-one, which frees you up to give a little bit of help to Bobby Massey on the other side against um Everson Griffin. Then Dude, that is That guy's is, that guy's back? Yeah. He's been back for
2: I thought he was eight. just like with the team. I didn't know he was playing.
1: Oh, ah, he got a couple sacks against Stafford oh, Where are we oh. yeah. So, yeah, so that's going to be uh there they can they can rush the passer now. So, it's going to it's going to be up to the offensive line to to really, you know, stop them and and keep Mitch clean. That's going to be the the key. Um, again, you can check out my my prediction on Windy City Gridiron when that comes out. Uh, Rob Zeglinski is going to going to you know put that one out with with the rest of the crew. So check that out there. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna do it for episode five of the Bears Link Podcast. Uh, you can catch me on Windy City Gridiron and The Loop Sports on occasion. And of course, do not forget to subscribe to the Bears Link podcast on uh, iTunes and wherever else you find your podcasts. And that's going to do it for us. So, bear down, Bears sports.